welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Good morning, Shana. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you for taking time to chat with me. So for the my listeners who are not familiar with your work or your store, how do you describe yourself and what you do? Um, so I first would describe myself, I guess, as a few different titles. Uh, letterpress printer would be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two would be I run a stationary business. Um, and number three is I have a brick and mortar gift shop. Um, so we print, um, in-house letterpress greeting cards, um, letterpress printed greeting cards that we ship to, um, stores all over the country. And then at our flagship retail shop, um, we have our cards there and then another, like a sort, assorted gifts items under $50. Okay. Very cool. Okay. So I I do want to get into your, your shop before Mm -hmm. we go down that route. I want to ask you about your background. So what first made you interested in studying art? Um, I was in high school um, and it was the only thing that I really felt passionate about, to be honest. Like I kind of was an angsty child mm-hmm. and, um, and the only place I really felt free and that I could express myself and my feelings and, you know, whatever was going on in high school um, through art. So I took all advanced art classes in high school and then out of high school I was like well I guess I'll go to art school just just because I was 18 and I didn't really know what else I wanted to do so I was like I guess I'll do that um and I went to school for for painting to be a painting major um Mm -hmm. and because I had really enjoyed my drawing classes but painting is just a totally different medium so after a few years in art school which is also totally different than um, you know, be like just kind of playing around and like drawing and stuff it became very much more like ac- academicized for me, which kind of took mm-hmm. a lot of the joy out of it. So I ended up taking some time off um, and like moving to LA and being a waitress and working an art supply store um, and then kind of realized there was nowhere else to go. So I decided to go back to art school. But when I went back, it was for um, interdisciplinary art, which was much more what I was interested in rather than studying a specific medium. I was interested in kind of telling a story through whatever I had at my disposal. Okay. So for that one, so you went to the San Francisco art Institute. What was it like being an artist in San Francisco in the early two thousands? Um, uh, so being an artist, I, I went to art school and then I kind of had fun with my friends who are not an art artist <laughs> or like, like what, like we didn't go to school together. Yeah. So I could tell you what it was like to be a 20 something in San Francisco. Sure. That works too. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, the early 2000s, every, everything was relatively affordable. <laughs> um, everybody goes out all the time. You're 20 years old. You're yeah. exploring life. It's very like beatnik kind of free living 
Um, and then on the side, I, I mean, not on the side, but I went there for art school, but I kind of like living my life and like making art were kind of two different worlds a little bit, okay. but they definitely went hand in hand. Um, but I don't know that if my art making experience was specifically tied to San Francisco, kind of more my life kind of, you know, free, free love experience was not like specifically <laughs> like that, but <laughs> just kind of like, you know, just not, just not adhering to many rules. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great. Well, so it's interesting. I mean, I, I, uh, I now travel to San Francisco a lot for the company I work for. And, and it's, you know, it's, I, I'm curious to see how it's different from when it was in the early 2000s. And, and even before that, I know that because of the the tech money has come in and kind of gentrified a lot of things and made a lot of the, you know, the areas less I'm saying, interesting than they were before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when I was there, I, when I moved there in 2003, it was right after the first dot-com bubble had burst. So people mm -hmm. were just like fleeing the city in droves because they didn't have any money. Yeah. So now where it's like people are fighting for apartments and overbidding and you know if you there's an open house like a hundred people like come in and people like you know be like I can spend five hundred dollars more than you're asking when I was there everybody was lowering lowering their rents and like yeah. working deals out and like making <laughs> deals with their landlords so I mean I wouldn't say my place was super super affordable but it definitely mm -hmm. was not what it was like now and I feel like there was like a there's just a lot of like youthful energy there and it's a very close kind of city where everything's in proximity of each other so it kind yeah. of felt like a really big dorm room where, yeah. where like your friends live across the street and around the corner and everyone's at the same bar and it's just very makes it easy to be social a lot yeah so what did you do after you graduated and and how did Chicago come into play with your journey um, so, uh, when I graduated, I actually got an internship at Women's Studio Workshop, which is in upstate New York, which is where I did, um, book and paper art. And I was there for six months. And then between that, like my graduation time and coming, I went back to San Francisco. I also like traveled around Southeast Asia. I was in New Orleans volunteering after Katrina. I did a bunch of things. I moved back to San Francisco for a year. And then when I was there, I decided to um, apply for grad school in Chicago. Um, so I moved from, I did a bunch of things in between, but then I moved back from San Francisco to Chicago in 2008. Okay. So, okay. So in Chicago then, so you went to Columbia College and what, what made you decide that book and book, book painting and paper art was where you wanted to start focusing on? So when I was at San Francisco Art Institute, one of my interdisciplinary classes had been a bookmaking class. And mm -hmm. I really just enjoyed how wor uh, words and images went together. And then also the idea of like sequent sequentiality and like, you know, having pages turn and it being an interactive kind of more immersive experience rather than something that you just kind of look at and interpret. So that was where I first started thinking about it. And then when I went to women's studio workshop, I kind of con continued that it was a book arts center. Um, and then from there I was, that was when I was like, I want to do this, but I want to spend some time in between. So there's only a few book, book art grad pro programs um, in the United States and actually the university of the arts 
and Philadelphia was where I had originally wanted to go, but um, I was waitlisted and never got out the waitlist, so I ended up in Chicago. I had also gotten into school in um, Iowa, the University of Iowa, the grad program there, mm -hmm. um, but I had my boyfriend with me, and he was not about to move from San Francisco to Iowa, so <laughs> <laughs> so we chose Chicago, <laughs> sure. which was still great. I mean, I'm glad. I think my life would have gone totally different if I had you know, decided to, if I had gotten into Philadelphia, this University of the Arts in Philadelphia, or if I decided to go to University of Iowa instead of um, Columbia College in Chicago. So. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so so tell me about Steel Pedal Press. And I'm, I'm most interested in the beginning, why did you decide to start this company? And I'm, I'm going to guess that throughout your art training that there wasn't a lot of business school types of or business management kind of classes you took. So what did you do to learn how to start and run a, a company? Um, so when I started it, it was the why was just I wanted I was living in Chicago. I'd only been there for three months and mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody uh, or most of my friends lived all other places around the country because um, I'd lived so many places. So I just wanted to make greeting cards to send to my friends and family. Like that was why it started. It wasn't okay. even, I'm going to sell them. It was just util utilitarian purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so, and also when I had gone to school and I was like, well, I'm going to school for, a, you know, interdisciplinary book and paper art MFA, it's kind of like, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do after this, but I know that there are people who sell letterpress greeting cards. So I knew that that was an option. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my end goal, but it was one of the paths I could take. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I made cards and I ended up, um, you know, having some leftover and then there's a little boutique in my neighborhood that sells, um, that's, sells items that are made in Chicago and they it's it's only consignment it's only made in Chicago it's for emerging artists mm -hmm. so I went there with some of my leftover cards and like you know and they sold them and then we're like oh you guys you should you know print more and bring them back bring more to us and at that point I was still in school and I was like well, I don't have any extra time to do that so I kind of just um didn't think twice about it and then after one year at Columbia College, I decided not to continue with my degree just because getting an MFA was not ultimately going to be, you know, reach, taking me towards the goals that I was interested in. Or I guess I didn't have any specific goals, but I just knew that the academic art world was not for me. So it wasn't okay. the path I needed to go down anymore. Yeah. So at that point, I um, ended up having you know, I started a community garden and did some like kind of more interactive art pieces. Um, and then, you know, just planned a wedding and got married and was like, you know, I have this skill. I want to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Like, let's maybe I'll try printing more cards, but it was very kind of haphazard. Like I kind of stumbled upon it. Like there was no business plan. It wasn't, I didn't necessarily want to do it. Um, I didn't, didn't want to, it wasn't, I didn't want to do it. I just, there, I wasn't like specifically going towards that goal. So, um, so yeah, so I think at some point I was just like, well, I'm kind of doing this a little bit on the side. I'm going to give it six months and see if it works. And if it does, I'll just keep doing it. 
and that's kind of where it started. But I always had a like, if this ever stops working, I'm gonna, I will, I'll just figure something else out. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then it just, I just kept working. So I just kept doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. So when, so when was the moment where you realized that this is what I want to do, this is working, and I'm now going to set up a physical location to house my company? Uh, so I always needed a physical location because I had a press. Um, mm -hmm. So the first like six months I was taking two buses all the way up to Evanston, which is like 16 miles away and like hour and a half and like pulling my suit, rolly suitcase full of paper to print. And at some point I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous and not worth my time. I should buy a press. And then as soon as I needed to buy a press, I needed somewhere to put it. So kind of almost immediately, <laughs> like within six months. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was lucky for me because my a friend of mine had, it was a painter and had, you know, was willing to rent out half of her, like a painter part of her studio, which was mm -hmm. just like a hundred square feet for like a hundred dollars that I could just, even then I was like, I will buy this press. I will put this here. And it's still like no skin off my back. It's like a hundred dollars yeah. a month, which isn't cheap, but it still is like not the commitment of like rent that I have currently. Right. 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 Okay. So let's talk about that part then. So it, how did this evolve so that you went from a press renting a, a space with an artist and then to actually having a physical retail shop and, you know, and three employees? Yeah. Six employees. Sorry, six employees. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. So when I moved into the space with her, that was like 2011. And in between that space and where I am now currently, I had two different spaces um, mm -hmm. because I kept kind of outgrowing where I was. Um, uh, so the last place I was at before my current retail shop, I was in 500 square feet and I had one employee and one intern and I was there for, I want to say three or four years. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I went to my first trade show, that was when like the, I went from, you know, kind of doing wedding invitations and kind of selling a little wholesale to like, a, you just have to start stockpiling up more inventory. Yeah. Um, and I got paper source as an account. Um, which they'll order, you know, a thousand to 5,000 cards at a time. And it just takes up a lot of space. Um, so I was, I knew I was growing out of that space. Um, mm -hmm. That was the third space that I was in. Um, and I kind of was like, I would like to be in a storefront. I would like to be more connected to Chicago as a community. I feel like nobody no, not that they need to know who I am, but I just have no street front presence. I was on the third floor of like this, you know, artist business loft warehouse thing. And it was fine, but I just, I did want to be more connected to the mm -hmm. city itself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I started looking for spaces around my neighborhood. Um, the only places were really, you know, kind of bigger and more than I could afford. Um, so once I started looking at those spaces, I was like, oh, well, I could afford it by supplementing this space with also a retail shop in the front and I could have 50-50. Um, and so it was also kind of like by happenstance, I was like, I know I wanna be in my neighborhood and I know I wanna have a storefront, but the places that I liked and wanted were like, you know, I couldn't afford it with what I was, you know, bringing in. Yeah. Um, currently. So I had to, I was like, well, I could do retail shop. And then once I started thinking about that, it really became, 
you know, something I was like so excited about. And I have been in the stationery and gift industry at that point for like, you know, five or six years. So I was like, I know all these independent card vendors and I've been going to trade shows, like exhibiting there. And I, like, I have all these ideas of how I could curate it and what I want it to look like. So, Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of realizing, I didn't realize I was excited about it until I was actually excited about it. And I was like, oh, I'm excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So what's what's interesting, actually, talk about the the idea of of the designer in you versus the business owner in you and how those kind of maybe sometimes butt heads, but also align. So I mean, you yeah. know, I was when you're you're thinking about designs of things, it's it's more about kind of what will sell necessarily what is the most creative outlet for you. So how do you balance that and, and how do you make decisions on what cards to use and, and move forward that way? Um, so I would actually say the, the cards that I feel the most kind of emotionally connected to are the ones that sell the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that they go hand in hand. Um, I'm also like pretty equally right brain, left brain. Like I am a creative, but I also have a business side to me. Um, and I think that I don't function well being one or the other. So it's nice, it's nice to be able to have a balance, which I know that I'm like lucky because a lot of people are either one or the other and they like are business minded, but then have a creative outlet or they're creative, but can't run a business. Um, and so for me, I feel like if I spend too much time working on business stuff, I start to feel really stifled. But if I spend too much time doing creative stuff, then I really, end up um just kind of going out off the deep end a little bit like it's it's hard for me to be creative all the time because then i just kind of get get caught up in all the emotions i'm feeling and it's hard to it can spiral out pretty Mm -hmm. quickly so it's nice to have the balance of both and i would say on a day-to-day basis it's not like 50 percent of the time i do this and 50 percent of the time i do this it's kind of like one week i do this and another week I do that. And it's also way easier for me to like pick up and put down the, um, the business stuff, the numbers things like, whereas when I get creative, I need to kind of follow a path. So I need, you know, more, you know, three or four days in a row to kind of like really start developing ideas and like, you know, get the juices flowing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So where do your, your ideas come from for the different designs you create? Um, my relationships with people mostly because specifically greeting cards you are helping two people communicate you know either celebrate an event or it's just you write in a card and you want the outside to mm-hmm. you know have a message and so for me it's really based on my personal experiences with you know my friends my family um you know my husband so yeah and it's based around, you know, helping people communicate too. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. So with your, with your journey, it, it's a, it, the way you describe it is a kind of very logical progression on things where things just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger, which was great. The times when you felt fearful or apprehensive about where the company was going or growing or not growing, how did you approach those times and move past that fear? Um, working. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, will say that I can, I definitely have workaholic tendencies. Um, Mm -hmm. and my kind of, I'm never like 
paralyzed by fear. I'm only just like, how can I solve this? How can I do this? How can I, you know, what's wrong? Like I keep kind of like, I'm very persistent. Um, so the times that I've been, you know, fearful or whatever, I'm just, I keep just attacking a problem in different ways. Um, you know, going to a trade show for the first time was hugely a huge endeavor, really terrifying, really nerve wracking. I mean, and I just kept like plugging at it and plugging at it and not sleeping a lot and doing everything I could. And, you know, those times, I don't know if it's necessarily the healthiest coping mechanism, but it at least like gets me through, at least like gets to a point where it's, um, you will start to see kind of the fruits of your labors, I guess. Cause like, well, at least the first trade show, I mean, afterwards I had like a breakdown. I just, you know, like I was just so overworked and exhausted. Um, and then the next, the other big thing that I did was open the retail shop, which was terrifying, but I just knew I wanted to do it. So I was like, I'm just going to figure out how to make this mm-hmm. work. Um, and then, and not just like, you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to keep working. It's like, you have to be smart and strategic about it too. You can't just, you can't just, you know, work and expect everything to, if you're doing the wrong thing when you're working and that's going to make everything worse too. So I kind of have to like be analytical of it as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then there was another time specifically, it was a few years ago when we had first opened and a woman who had been working for me, who was working for me at the, the time, um, gone into a coma and then it was right before the holiday season Mm -hmm. and so I was doing her job and my job and we're understaffed in a gift shop in December it was insane and also at the end of that so I just kind of kept going until I could get through it but um, at the end of it I you know it was not sustainable at all it was like 16 hour days seven days in a row for like six weeks or something so mm-hmm. it was just emotionally draining um yeah. but it got me through to where i could be like okay now like reevaluate. yeah so that that brings up an interesting point when you're when you're looking at your business how do you decide to bring on another employee um depends on how much needs to get done and and how many hours there are in the day, I guess. It's like kind of just simple math. Mm -hmm. Um, But I normally, I'm very, um, I'm very, uh, what's the word? like not cautious but like conservative with how I bring on help so it'll be like it'll be a part-time person that'll be another part-time person then maybe the part-time person becomes a full-time person Mm -hmm. and it's very slow increments um and I also like to because I feel like I'm always in this sense of like anything could go away at any point I kind of like start with like we're gonna start paying you at this point just because I don't want to you know, I don't want to overextend and then have to take away money from you, but you'll get like bonuses or like incentives or everything else, you know, instead of being like, I'll pay you like $25 an hour and then be like, Oh, I can't afford this. It's kind of like, we'll start here and then we'll like give you a few more hours and we'll give you you a little raise and we'll give you a bonus, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not kind of like, and I've never hired, there's only been one person that I hired on like full-time 
like, um, like as they came in and that was just last year. Everyone else is either like part-time or started part-time then went to full-time or a full-time person replaced a part-time person. Um, so yeah. Sure. How do you look at the future of your industry either? I mean, the, I mean, in the, the retail shop and also in the, in the, you know, the main card business that you're in, are there, are there certain trends you look for or places that you look at, but how do you make decisions about, you know, one year, three years, five years from now? Um, as you can probably tell, I'm not like a really good long-term planner. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, I usually do like three to five years is okay. the, like the most I'll do just because I know how quickly things can change. If you asked me like five years ago, if I was going to open a retail shop uh, that I'm like, no, I'm like, I didn't, you know, so it just, the things that happen along the way, you have to kind of be flexible to go with what's working. Yeah. Um, so stationary specifically, I think, you know, bigger companies like Hallmark or Papyrus just went filed bankruptcy or and is closing down all their shops. I mean, like bigger companies that were more um, for everybody, like grandmas and every, you know, like uh, Walgreens and whatever. I think mm -hmm. um, those type of greeting cards, those like kind of big players in the industry are getting smaller mm -hmm. but it's the smaller boutiques like what I do and a lot of my other colleagues those are the ones that are seeing growth because people if you're going to send us like generic birthday greeting you could just do it on Facebook now you don't need a card for everything but if you're going to take the time to buy a card you want it to be special and unique and potentially handmade or say exactly what you want it to say um, and so I think there's I don't think that any of the smaller greeting card companies that are, you know, growing now or thriving are, would ever equal what Hallmark was like in the nineties. But I think that there's definitely like a shift in the industry in terms of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then brick and mortar. I mean, I don't know, honestly, <laughs> I like there's a, there's a target that's opening up in my neighborhood, like just a few blocks away from me that terrifies me. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, where I was when I opened, there wasn't anything really like us. And it was because it was in my neighborhood and I've lived in my neighborhood for 12 years. Um, but my neighborhood is, you know, very quickly gentrifying and changing. And so I don't know what that means for the future of my brick and mortar specifically, because okay. like we can't offer target prices. We just can't. Um, right. So I don't know, <laughs> but I would th like to think that what we have is like, you know, more unique and like not as generic as something you could find in Target. So maybe mm -hmm. that will help. Yeah. In your so with your sales, how many how many of them come from your online store, like just on your greeting cards and other stationery, versus people who come into the store and physically buy them? Uh, so. Very few people buy our stuff online. Um, okay. We're mostly wholesale and retail. Yeah. So, and it's about 50-50 what we, like what the retail store makes. And then the other 50% is, or whatever, it's like 49, something like that is what we sell wholesale, like at trade shows and to like mm -hmm. other stores around the country. Yeah. Um, Paper Source is definitely our biggest account. Um, and then, but like in our retail store, it's only like 
10% of the sales in our retail store are actually our products. There's the other sales are from, we have candle vendors and glassware and mugs and things like that. Sure. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it's, so I find it fascinating that particularly in your area, that the people like the, the tactile part of it, they want to go in and they want to, you know, see the item, maybe touch the card, read it versus just buy something online. I think that's absolutely well, fascinating. But it like you buy a five dollar card online and then you pay three dollars shipping for it. It's like not <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I, I guess there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it's more for bigger purchases, I think. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So with everything that you have done and experienced so far, what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received? In terms of running a business or in terms of Oh, could be about anything. Running a business. Okay how you approach your art, just yeah. whatever, whatever has helped you the most. And it could um, be just in, in one area too. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, know your numbers, I guess, if you're running a business. Um, and then also, you know, take care of your like personal health is, should be number one priority. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have your own personal health, then you can't then you can't actually, you know, run your business or take care of yourself or have any time to, you know, do what's the things that are actually important in life, like experiences and family and relationships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Well, Shana, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to well, physically go to your shop, what's the address? And also uh, what are other ways they can see what you're, you're working on and, and also what's your, uh, your website. Um, it's steelpedalpress.com. Um, and then you, we also have like Instagram and Facebook that's at steel pedal press. Okay. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and so they can click right through and, uh, hopefully get some, some of your cards and, and see what you're up to. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. This is great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to advanceyourart.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again and have a great day.